everyone. Welcome back to See the Invisible, Living with an Invisible or Rare Disease. My name is Rhonda Franny Jefferson, and thank you so much for taking some time out to listen. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. Just to give you an idea of what I try to do with the podcast is to spread a feeling that you're not alone, that even if you have a rare illness or an invisible illness, you're not alone in the journey that you're taking. And just to spread some positivity as well, especially as the past approximately year and a quarter has been pretty rough on everybody and made even more so when you do have um, some type of underlying condition. Now, before I do start actually going into the podcast, I always like to just advise that I am in no way a medical, legal, or insurance expert. If you do have any questions regarding any of those specific areas of concern, please make sure that you're reaching out to the appropriate person. Um, What I do mostly is, you know, I'm an avid reader. I will read a lot of different articles, and sometimes they lead me to another article, to another one. So... You know, I usually go over what I see as important information in these different articles. Now, sometimes this podcast with each episode might be very specific about what we're going through. Um, Other times, it may be more broad. So today, I'm continuing with some episodes that we're having about allergies. This is episode three, and there will be at least one more after today. I thought that I would be able to combine the two parts of the subject, but I think it will probably go a little longer um, than I originally anticipated, so I'll be splitting those up. Um, Today, specifically, we're going to go over about how once your child, if you have children with allergies, how that they can cope either going into the workforce from high school or by you know going off to college and how to handle you know those different situations as they are now out into a whole new world and following the you know next episodes on allergies I'll be going into asthma because a lot of times those are connected um, for some people not for everybody um, but I do have a couple of relatives where those are connected now um, Going back a little bit to some concerns I have with the way society treats allergies. I mean, previously, um, the previous episodes, I should say, have been about some information with allergies in general, as well as how to work with your kids on how they need to handle their allergies. And I saw a commercial for the first time probably last week and it reminded me i've not seen the movie peter rabbit but in the original one and i had seen the trailer for the second one there's a scene where their enemy um they pelt him with food that they know he's allergic to and he has to use an EpiPen. and this is a movie for children and this is considered food bullying now you know i know there are within society 
some who feel like you know we we're too soft that we can't take a joke but this is in regards to someone actually going into anaphylactic shock that is not a joke by any means and while looking that up i actually found out that sony even though they've apologized for the peter rabbit issue has actually used allergies to a certain extent as part of the plot or storyline in smurfs there's a birthday party and the father goes through this whole list with the cake you know saying it's gluten-free these are the allergens it hasn't been your peanuts you know just this whole list of things and the tone of it is not to be you know like informative or it's not to show that they really made sure that everybody's needs were taken care of it was also it seemed like it was meant as a joke and you know there's a point a little bit later on where and i'm paraphrasing here neil patrick harris says you know planning a birthday party shouldn't be that hard now in cloudy with a chance of meatballs also there was a situation where one character um, got cut by peanut brittle which of course led to you know, anaphylactic uh, anaphylaxis and you know in the movie she is you know climbing down a rope i've never seen the movie you know but i i looked up these episode and these scenes i'm sorry um looked up these scenes and you know she tr said to the other person who was saying okay you have to get out of there she wanted to try to go on and she also didn't have her EpiPen with her and so that could be you know really not a very good example of what someone should do if they have severe allergies and this is in again a food or i'm sorry a kids movie and then also later on um there's another issue with another person who has um, allergies um, apparently two people are interested in each other and one pretends to have an allergy so that it seems like he has more in common with the other person so on top of you know again making light of food allergies it's also you know showing that it's okay to try to change yourself for, to meet the wants of another person so i just found that very very concerning and you know also i saw a video clip where a news anchor was introducing it and the phrasing was moviegoers upset and I know it's just one word, but I don't think it conveys the seriousness of what's going on when allergies are made light of. I think it should be more um, along the lines of moviegoers are concerned. Moviegoers you know, are afraid that their children will get a you know, less than accurate understanding of how food allergies work. So upset seems to be like an emotional response where i think a more concrete response um you know, i think that would convey the meaning better so i'm also concerned that you know sony in these previous two cloudy with a chance of meatballs two and smurfs that they are aware that allergies are you know nothing to joke around with that it had been previously addressed yet they still put out another you know movie or two after the original 
um, issue. So that was just going back a little bit, um, you know, more or less for younger children, but it was, you know, something I just wanted to mention to make everybody aware of that it occurs within, you know, actual movies for whether it's kids or an adult movie, and it just should not be made light of. Now, today, going now into the, you know, young adults going into the workforce or into college, what needs to be done to try to make the transition easier, you know, that's what we're going to be going through today. And I am relying very heavily on a website. It's www.foodallergyawareness.org forward slash education. There's actually more to the website. I'm just looking more at the education, but you know, it's, it looks like it's really good for advocacy and making everybody aware of just how important it is to address allergies. Um, you know, that it's not just something that everybody outgrows or it's not something where it's just a little bit of a rash or itchy eyes. That is very, very serious. So where we're going to start with is, you know, of course, as parents, we are always, no matter what, going to look at our children as our babies, and they are. So there are a few things that, you know, we want to go over just to make sure that the college understands that, you know, this is something that's very concerning. It's important for them to understand. So starting from the very beginning as a parent is, you know, you're reviewing colleges. You want to um, make sure that you encourage your child to go to the school that they want to. But again, you also need to make sure that everything is, you know, covered. So as you start this process as a parent and discussing it with your child, um, some things that you may want to ask before applying or address before applying and before being admitted is, um, you know, do you have a written food allergy policy? Is there a contact to learn more about the allergy or the accommodations? And with accommodations, I had mentioned in the first episode that allergies are considered a disability. So, you know, it's something that you can go to you know, somebody within the college, whether they have, you know, more in a general area or a very specific person, um, it is someone that you can talk to and address that with, you know, and make sure that you get the contact information regarding, you know, the dining hall or dining services, what to do about housing, and, you know, what are the options within the dining hall to make sure there's no, you know, cross-contamination. Now, to give you an idea, too, um, I went to college well over 20 years ago. We are approaching 30 years, um, and I managed the dining hall on the weekends. That was within, or in my junior and senior years. I had worked there for my freshman and sophomore years, and it was a relatively small college, so on the weekends, students would manage the dining hall, and, you know, I had worked there for a while and so I managed it for two years and we had gotten a new cook and we had a pretty good percentage of students who were vegan so you know one day he was cooking up the menu and on week weekends 
Um, you know, I would make suggestions about what should be on the menu, but ultimately he was in charge. And it was a policy there always had to be a vegetarian or vegan option for the menu. And he, you know, got everything together and I'm looking at it and, you know, I pointed out that there was nothing there that a vegetarian would be able to eat. And so I told him, you know, you need to find something to make. And so he said, okay, he would make something like a rice casserole. You know, I thought that was good, fine, you know, using rice, using, um, you know, carrots, broccoli, whatever to spruce it up with spices. And a few minutes later, I walk by and he's putting chicken stock into the rice. And it just, it was in awe, you know, so I know this is more of a food choice with vegetarian or vegan, um, that it does not, you know, entail anaphylaxis, but each dining hall needs to have, you know, these options for everybody. So it's important that you make sure that the food services are aware of what the needs are, because just like in this example, he even knew what the criteria was and chicken stock was definitely nowhere, you know, in the policy there. It just, it was amazing to me. I was actually quite, quite shocked. And he actually decided after that weekend not to come back. And, you know, I was actually fine with that decision if he was going to, you know, do things that, you know, I could not in good conscience, good conscience, put that out there, you know, and I wonder what would have happened if I didn't see it. But along those lines too, um, the dining staff was aware of my allergies at the time. So, you know, the, the chefs would let me know if there was going to be something with egg in it. Also, um, you know, sometimes they would make me even a, a dish on the side. They may not have known, you know, what necessarily I would choose to eat that night. But if something had an egg base or egg in it, they would set some aside for me. And that was, you know, that really went above and beyond considering this was, you know, 1994 was when I started there, that they did do that for their students. Again, it was a very small college, but at the same time, it was, you know, doing something that they didn't have to do. Um, so, you know, again, I don't mean to equivocate you know, something that does not call, cause anaphylaxis with, you know, things that do, I was just trying to point out that we did have a policy regarding certain aspects. So, you know, if we're going to have a policy like that as a college, there definitely needs to be policies on how to accommodate and how to make sure there's no cross-contamination with, um, you know, foods that someone might have an allergy about. Um, now, you know, as you're preparing your child, make sure they understand what anaphylaxis is, um, how to handle it, you know, what symptoms they might see, and, you know, an awareness that others may not understand exactly what you're going through. Um, make sure that they have their you know, EpiPens with them so that, you know, whatever the situation is there, you know, in that situation, they have that as an emergency. And, 
you know, like I mentioned before, you know, it might be one individual person you have as a contact, or it might be many, but make sure, you know, that you've let your, your college student know, you know, who these people are and how they need to contact. Um, now also, I was a resident assistant in college. And what that means is I was on a floor where, you know, basically I tried to enforce the rules. I was there for emotional support, you know, just to try to lend some guidance, especially to those who were younger than I was. And there were certain situations where I was made aware that, you know, a student might not be able to eat something, that they had a severe allergy. And that was, you know, since I would be on the floor, especially, you know, after classes were over, after dinner was over, that if there was an emergency, I would know what to do. And this was something that we actually went through training for, you know, um, each year. And even if you'd been in RA the previous year, we still had to go through training. And these were things that were brought up that we knew how to handle, who to call, what to do so that we could try to keep every student safe. And it was looked at more as you know, a community trying to make sure that each one of their members was as safe as possible. Um, now, also at my college, we did not have a registered dietitian on campus, but we did have a um, nurse practitioner. So definitely make sure to contact either one of those, you know, depending on if the college has a um, dietitian, they can make sure that they're going over everything with you and hopefully work with the dining services to make sure everything is you know covered now um, make sure that your child does know that they do have a voice and that they can stand up for themselves so um, accommodations at the college again that allergies are considered a disability these are things that you may need to address as a parent with the college and also make sure that your child, you know, is knowledgeable enough and knows that they can speak up for themselves too. Um, you know, look at the actual dorm rooms. Sometimes if there's air that is shared, you know, it's recirculated throughout the building, that's something they might need to take a look at. So um, also, working with your roommate or working with your child's roommate. See if there's a way that you can reach out to each other beforehand. Uh, I know that was something that my college did. It would you know, make sure that you were paired with somebody before you got there, but that they gave each other the phone number so that you could call and try to touch base. Um, and in a case where there is an allergy, it's important for your child to speak up and say, I have this allergy, so, you know, I just need to make you aware of that. So please make sure that you don't bring, you know, whatever items into um, the room. Now, depending on the roommate, some might be I saying, I completely understand. That's no problem. I'll make sure not to do that. Whereas others might say, you know, hey, it's my room too. I want to bring this in. So, you know, they do not want to necessarily change their habits, which I can understand that as well. Um, you know, they're going off to a new place without their family for the first time, you know, and they want to be able to bring things into the room that they want to. So it's 
just to put that out there, not every roommate will have the same reaction to, you know, having, um, you know, having a roommate that has allergies. And, you know, it's important that everybody recognizes that and about cross-contamination, you know, peanuts being one of the biggest ones when things are manufactured in plants that also have peanuts, that can be a big issue. So such with, or same with that, if you have a roommate that's bringing something into room, room that you're allergic to, whether it's through the air, through touching something, you know, that has the residue on it. You know that's something that can come up as well um, so also make sure how your child can get in touch with 911 depending on the campus some students can call 911 directly others they actually have to call security so make sure your child knows which one they have to do and that they know how to you know, really emphasize that it's an emergency and make sure that your child knows that they can let their friends know, let their roommate know um, what to do. Because in a really severe case of anaphylaxis, they may not be able to make that phone call themselves. Um, another thing to ask is, you know, okay, your child has had to use their EpiPen does the medical staff there, whether it's a nurse practitioner or they actually have a, you know, a clinic where you can go, you know, make sure you know whether or not they have you know, epinephrine available in case there's an issue and also knowing where the hospitals are. So, you know, if you're in a situation where your child's going to a college where the closest hospital is an hour, hour or more away, that might be something to consider as to whether or not you want to, you know, send your child to that particular college. And in some areas, it is actually that far, you know, between hospitals. I lived in a different part of my state for a while. It was very, um, well, it was not quite as rural as the area that I lived in. So there were a few different hospitals in that city. Now, coming back to where I live now in a different part of the state, I'm fortunate to have a hospital that's, you know, within like a five-minute drive, whereas the next hospital then is at least 40 minutes or more away. So if you're somewhere in the middle, you're looking at at least 20 minutes to get to the hospital. And depending on the medical emergency, you know, that's a huge amount of time. Now, um your child is going out for the first time and you know, they need to know how to take care of themselves as far as shopping, coming in contact with certain things. And I believe I mentioned on the previous episode that you know, when I went off to college, my mother had always been very good about making sure things did not have egg in it. So whereas things like meatloaf had egg as a binder, I didn't know that. Um, also, souffle, quiche, I know I'm going to sound like, I don't know, I, like I was very ill-informed going off to college. And yeah, I did not know that a souffle actually had egg in it, which is actually a pretty major portion of, you know, what a souffle is. And of course, after eating that, I was miserable to the point I was actually scared. And I called my mother and I'm like, 
you know, I have itchy eyes, I'm sick, uh, you know, all these things are happening. And when I told her what I had for dinner, she laughed, which I know she didn't mean, you know, anything by that necessarily, but she, she was just in awe that I didn't know that a souffle didn't have or had egg in it. And, you know, it really came down to my knowledge or education on what I could and could not eat and what things contained eggs. So make sure that your child knows that they can ask. If they're not sure what's included in a certain entree or a certain food that they're eating at college, that they have that right that they can, you know, ask for them. And you know, just make sure that they're reading labels so that they know, um, you know, whether or not an item is maybe manufactured in a you know, facility, you know, using peanuts again, if there's a facility where peanuts um, are made and there's the potential of cross-contamination. Make sure that your child knows how to get in contact with doctors in the area, um, depending on the staff that's actually available at the college. You know, that will all, you know, kind of um, depend on how big the campus is, where it's located. Um, make sure that your student has information regarding their allergies so if they're ever you know in an emergency and they can't speak for themselves that they have something on them that lists what the allergies may be so a medical or bracelet bracelet or necklace is something good to invest in um, especially as your child is out of the area and you know, if it's a food allergy, they can, you know, take a look at your bracelet or necklace and say, okay, this might be what's causing the reaction. Um, also, if you're allergic to medications or your child is allergic to medications as they're going off to college, they're going to be, you know, at a hospital that doesn't know them. So I know that today a lot of medical offices are going to different platforms where they can share information but there's no guarantee that the um, medical facilities near the college or in the college will have access to those, um, you know, actual histories. So make sure that you have um, given the college um, medical staff all the information that they have forms um, that you filled out. I know on the front of my chart when I would see the nurse practitioner it would have things written in red right right on the actual folder so that was an indicator to her on you know what issues might be causing the symptoms that i have as well as um, at least at that time looking at certain vaccines and what i could or could not have and so as your child goes off to college you really have to then say okay it's up to them and they're going to have to really take the reins and be able to, you know, let someone know that they have this very serious allergy. Um, make sure your student's empowered to even talk to, your, talk to the professors. Um, a lot of professors will allow students to bring in snacks. So, you know, it's having that voice to tell the professor, okay, I'm allergic to this food. And if someone brings it to class um, and maybe sits at my desk 
at one point and you know I come in later and I sit at that desk um, in a different class I could have this contamination so if that professor uses that room solely then you know they can make sure that that's taken care of if not make sure you're reaching out to whether it's the dean of students um, or who would handle the accommodations to say okay you know I understand people want to bring snacks but I have this allergy which could become very severe is there a way that we can make sure that's addressed and I know going off to college is scary even though it's been years since I've done that and I know myself looking back I've I was vocal about having an allergy because you know, I wanted to make sure that my friends knew and looked out for me even though my college roommate said oh I wondered why you ate souffle you know didn't quite you know she saw me eating it but didn't quite point it out for me um, you know but really your students going to be the one who drives the conversations once they actually get to the college so you know it's it's something that your student student needs to know that they have a voice and you know on the website which I will link um, in the description of the podcast there are things like sample emails to professors and things like that where your student you know can be respectful about you know how they run their classroom while also expressing the concern that you have and if it's all possible make sure that there's an or see if there's an allergist that's close by just so you know they can have that doctor close in case there are any issues now not every student will go directly from you know high school to college they may take some years off they may need to work while they're also going to college or they might just you know be going directly straight to the workforce um, so being in that position as well it's a time where your child is you know, expanding their horizons they're spreading their wings so there's some things that you really want to discuss with your child if they're you know leaving high school and going to the workforce now if they're still living with you it makes some things easier but you know again they want to go out and be on their own that's the cycle of you know having a parent-child relationship there will become a time where most likely they will move out so what you want to discuss with them is make sure they always have um, their medications such as an EpiPen um, so that you know it's there in case of emergency if you are getting your um, own place like an apartment or house and you are looking to get a roommate again make sure that you're discussing this from the very beginning whether you're interviewing for roommates or you go to you know an apartment where you might be sharing it with someone and you're discussing it again make sure that you let them know that you have that allergy and things that I don't think everybody thinks of right off the bat is even things such as okay did they cook eggs in that you know pan and maybe I didn't know and then I used it so are you going to be sharing things that you cook with whether it's utensils pots and pans um, make sure you know and if you know you're going to be sharing them make sure that 
the roommate knows that it has to be cleaned thoroughly to avoid that contamination. Um, and you know, very importantly, make sure that your roommate will not be bringing things that could potentially um, cause anaphylaxis into the home. Now, as far as my egg allergies are, I was very lucky. Yes, I was miserable, but I did not get to the point of anaphylaxis, thank goodness. So, you know, make sure if you have a food or any other type of allergy that can cause that, that your room roommate knows how severe it might be. Um, for one thing, you will be, you know, sharing possibly refrigerator, microwave, you know, anything like that where possibly there could be some contamination. Now, as far as like silverware, I would probably definitely, you know, keep my own silverware in that place. Now, once you're in the workplace, make sure that you know, your immediate supervisors know if you sit around a lot of people that they know. If your um, workplace has a cafeteria on site, that you've done the same thing as you know, um, you would do if you're going to college. The, the child would want to, or I should say adult child, um, would want to contact anyone in charge of those food services. And, you know, if you're in a group setting where you might be eating around a lot of people, you know, will they be willing to, you know, recognize that you do have that allergy? And I know at times I didn't speak up for myself, and it wasn't necessarily the reaction to an allergen that I was having, but, you know, I've had that allergy to eggs, which, you know, thankfully they've run tests and I'm not allergic anymore. I've outgrown it. But if someone was eating an egg salad sandwich and I could smell that, I would get to feel very, very badly. Um, and I think that's because psychologically I could remember what those reactions were. I knew what the reactions were. And my mind went there and just smelling that, you know, I felt like I was going to have a reaction. And in my head, I knew that was not logical. The person had not come to my desk and sat the sandwich down or anything like that. But I just had a physical reaction. And I did speak with my allergist about this when he was saying, you know, you've outgrown eggs that I probably would never eat them because, you know, emotionally I'm kind of, you know, attached, you know, my memory and emotions are all attached to the reactions that I've had in the past. So I would not want to, you know, probably take that chance and eat them. Or, you know, even if I did, I would you know, remember those incident incidents. So, um, you know, make sure if you do go out to eat that you're asking questions if you're not sure what's in a particular item and make sure that they, you know, are not going to be in a position where things are cross-contaminated. And just from personal experience, I would say, you know, maybe even speak to the manager of the um, kitchen area or the chef or cook because you know, when I had a reaction to something one time and I had asked if something had mayonnaise in it, I was told no. When it came, it definitely had mayonnaise in it. And within one bite, I was having a reaction. And I was embarrassed and I didn't stick around 
to ask, you know, what does this have in it? You know, I just knew it had mayonnaise in it, even though I'd asked prior to ordering. So the next day, when I'm feeling a little bit better, I call in and I had to go through seven people, including some wait staff and even the cook, who did not know if that particular item had mayonnaise or not. I finally did get the kitchen manager and she knew and that's when it was addressed. So, you know, at least depending on your own comfort level, if you're you know, familiar with the restaurant, you, know, you might feel more comfortable if you ask a question and the waiter or waitress responds. Um, but in, in many cases, I would suggest you know, reaching out to the kitchen manager. And I'm not saying anything against, you know, the waiters or waitresses. It comes down to they might not have ever been trained to know that this item has mayonnaise or does not have mayonnaise in it. So, you know, these are just some things that you want to keep in mind, whether you're going directly from um, high school to the workplace or going to college, you need to have this information. And, you know, just make sure if you're at college that there's accommodations um, that you've spoken with the people who are in charge of those and in the workplace you can reach out to HR for accommodations depending on you know the rules or policies of that particular you know workplace you may need to go through someone else like you know directly to HR or you might be going through your immediate manager who then contacts HR but with privacy. It is not required that you let your manager know that you have a food allergy, but I would think that you would want to let someone know. So if anything ever happens, they're aware of what the issue is. Now, um, as I said, I've been referring to this one particular site's page. There are a lot of resources on there. So if you want to, you know, go on there and review information about going to college um, if your child's heading there, if they're heading into the workforce, you know, what you're really looking at, you know, providing your child with, with the knowledge and the information that they need, as well as providing all that information to the, um, you know, whoever they're coming in contact with, um, you know, health services, dining hall, things like that. So I do feel it's important that everybody have this information. So I would, you know, take it take a few minutes at least to read through everything um, and the nice thing is they put things in different categories so even if I click on the education about going off to college there's different categories such as how the pa parent should handle it how the child could handle it things like that so you know I think it's it's a pretty good comprehensive site that is very very passionate about making sure everybody stays safe That will be it for today, and I apologize as I've started to talk a little bit longer. Um, I've gotten kind of a frog in my throat, so you know, I apologize for that. It was a little raspy at some points. Um, so next week, as I mentioned, we'll be looking at parents and how to handle certain situations. In some cases, I've covered them today. Um, but it was in regards to your child going off to college, 
And I also, too, think that your child seeing you take that initiative will be very helpful. Um, but I will be going more into the role of you know, parents being the primary caregivers you know, up until children are ready to go out of the house and how you can handle some things while your child is still a child um, living in your house. Um, now, something I do just want to bring up, um, you know, I really, I'm passionate about this podcast. It really helps me. Um, it's therapeutic for me, you know, especially again, um, after the past year or so, you know, I haven't really been able to socialize and get out the way I'd like to. I haven't seen many of my friends in over a year and that, you know, really, really hurts. Um, so this podcast really does give me an opportunity to share and, you know, express some concerns that I have, some frustrations. So I really do appreciate, you know, those who listen, um, to try to help the podcast out a little bit. Um, the more likes that there are or the more comments or, you know, five-star reviews, that helps make the podcast more visible to others, makes it easier to find. So, you know, especially if you know people who you know, may, you know, find this information beneficial, make sure you're sharing it with them. Um, if you can leave a review or comment, depending on the platform you're listening from, you know, I just want to let people know that they're not alone, even though we may not have the same illness, we're still, you know, part of a community that until recently our voices were not heard and there's still a long way to go but I do think over the past year or so there has been some recognition so you know make sure that or what I want to do is make sure that everybody in this position of you know, having an underlying condition you know we've had a pandemic but letting everybody know that you have a voice and your feelings are valid and you have every right to voice your concerns over certain things. So, um, you know, again, if you could just you know, make sure others know about the podcast or leave a like or comment, that will you know, really help get it out to other people. So with that, I am you're going to end for today. Now, I've not been feeling 100%, um, and that's probably why my throat or my voice is sounding a little bit raspier. Usually when I have inflammation, it starts, um, you know, maybe around the eyes and my sinus cavities, everything like that. So I end up getting a little bit of a sore throat with a raspy voice, which by the way, when your illness, when many of those symptoms mimic COVID-19, that was not fun because sometimes I would just really, really worry. So... Um, if by some reason I'm not feeling great, again, I may not be able to get the next episode directly out on time. Um, what I'll probably do is try to get it recorded as soon as possible. So I still can get it out, but just in case that's the reason why is, you know, I've not been feeling the greatest, but I do appreciate everybody listening today. I hope everybody has a safe and healthy week every week. And, you know, just be careful. And, you know, I hope everybody has, again, I hope everybody has a good week. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye.